Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello and welcome to Everything is Fine, a podcast for women over 40. I'm Talia Bacassis. And I'm Kim France. So Kim, I have a question for you. Yes. How many tries does it take for you to get a selfie that you like? (laughs) Infinity. (laughs) (laughs) And how, like, how do you decide if you're going to put that picture up on Instagram? Um, if it's like one of the one or two angles that I know I look good in, in, I'll put Mm -hmm. it on. I don't put many pictures of myself on social media. If my brother takes a picture, I'll put it up because he takes good pictures of me. Yeah, but he's a professional photographer. So that's very lucky. Mm -hmm. I always feel like there's that sad moment when somebody takes a few pictures of you and then hands you back your phone and you feel so optimistic and then you see the checkerboard of pics and you just scroll through and you're like, no, 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 garbage, <laughs> no, garbage, no. I find in the last few years, I've just had a much harder time putting pictures of myself up on Instagram. And I used to have a spoof account where I pretended to be a wellness influencer and I would post pictures of myself doing stupid influencer like things. And I stopped doing it mostly because I just hated taking pictures of myself and I found it made me much more obsessed with with how bad I could look. Yeah. Um, and it would make me focus on like, oh, my neck looks crinkly in that picture. Or like my cheeks look jolly. Like it really made me pick myself apart in a way that I didn't like. So I stopped doing it. Right. I can't actually imagine the bravery it takes to be an influencer and especially an older influencer. When it comes to older influencers, for some reason, I have a little bit more um, patience for it because I can relate to how hard it is to look at pictures and see wrinkles and want to put them up for the Mm -hmm. world to see. Mm -hmm. I think it is brave to have a sort of warts and all approach to yourself on social media. So speaking of which, today we have the blogger and Instagram influencer Accidental Icon on the show. 
She's huge. Her real name is Lynn Slater, and she's been called one of the best-dressed people on the internet by many, many, many. But she's also a professor at Fordham University who specializes in child abuse social work, and she has her doctorate, so we can actually call her Dr. Accidental Icon. Ha ha ha. Ha 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 Welcome, Lynn. Thank you. Just one note is that I actually just retired from being a professor after 20 years. Oh. So. Oh, congratulations. Thank you. So you're a full-time influencer. <laughs> That's a word I don't really like, but. Okay. I see myself as an influencer of culture, not mm -hmm. an influencer of making you buy something. Right. Mm. I appreciate that. Yeah. Well, when I learned that you were more than just a fashionista um, and you're a woman redefining older women in fashion and an intellectual, I was pretty dazzled. <laughs> so can you tell us, did you give yourself the name Accidental Icon or was that what people started calling you? The story about that is, I think it was the very last New York Fashion Week that was at Lincoln Center. And the campus that I taught at was about a block away. And I was meeting a friend for lunch. And it was the first week of the semester. And I always liked to get dressed for my classes. And so I had a Yoji Yamamoto suit and, you know, a Chanel bag. And I was waiting to meet a friend for lunch. And all of a sudden, some journalists from Japan they came over and started taking my photo and asking me questions. And then other photographers who were hanging out saw that. They started taking pictures. And then <laughs> tourists who were hanging out were like, oh, that must be someone famous. They started <laughs> taking pictures. And by the time my friend came, she was laughing and she said, oh, you're like an accidental fashion icon. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I got the name. That was the year I turned 60. And I had to confront getting older. And I wasn't happy about it in the beginning. But, you know, it's inevitable. There's nothing you can do mm -hmm. about it. And so I've always been complimented on my style. I've always used clothes to express my identity. But I think I started to push the envelope more. Because mm -hmm. I could, right? I had right my daughter was married. I had taken care of my responsibilities. You know, I had a little more income to spend. And so that was the way I chose to, I guess it wasn't conscious at the time, but perhaps I was saying, screw you, I'm not going to be invisible. Right. And I'm going to figure out how to do that. And so I started to take random continuing ed classes at the fashion schools in New York City. And in every class I took, of course, I was the oldest person in the room. But mm -hmm. a lot of the professors and the students were saying, oh, you have great style. You should start a blog. And so this mm. just started coming up over and over. I guess at the time, like the blog was the way to express that. But now somebody might say you would you'd start an Instagram account. I was like, OK, I can write. And mm. my partner is a photographer and I'm getting all these compliments on my style. So 
this is a good way and I can use it as a structure to re actually research fashion because I really didn't mm -hmm. know a lot about it as a system. Right. So hmm. I was looking at all the blogs that were being done by older women. And then I was looking at blogs being done by younger women. And I could find parts of myself in some of them, but most of the blogs that were for older women, I just didn't see myself in, mm -hmm. in those spaces. You know, that was the time when I think Man Repeller was really, really smart and good with right. a lot of great writing. But so basically Man Repeller was like really, really targeted at 20-year-olds. There was a level of intellectual conversation in it that was very unlike some of the other younger blogs, which was just, mm -hmm. this is my outfit, this is what I'm wearing, this is where I got it. Mm -hmm. I mean, they were doing things like, if I was Joan Didion, what would I wear every day? Yeah. It was a little higher level of conversation. I guess at the end of the day, I just found that there was nothing really for a woman who was intellectual, who was really interested in fashion from a number of different perspectives, not trends. And so I would... I was like, okay, I'm going to write a blog for those kind of women. And I have followers of every age. My biggest bar on Instagram is 25 to 35. Wow, that's hmm. fascinating. And so if you look, I have like a nice spread starting at as young as 13 and kind hmm. of peaking 25 to 40 and then coming down to 80. And how old are you? Sorry. I'm 67. You've cracked the code. <laughs> even when I first started getting paid work and even now, the majority of people that hire me are young. I never, mm -hmm. even in the beginning, got hired by women my own age. Uh, that doesn't mm -hmm. surprise me. Yeah. So I guess the younger women see you as, as a goal, like this is how they want to look when they're older as well. I think that's very true because, you know, I'm a researcher, so I'm always asking questions. Very often when I'm walking around, like someone will come up and say, oh, I follow you, you're an accidental icon. Ah. And when it is someone who's 25, I always ask them, why do you follow me? And ah. what I've come to find out is that there's this acute ageism that begins at age 25 because you don't say, oh, I'm going to be 26 my next birthday. You say, oh, my God, I'm going to be 30. I'm getting old. And all of the horrible images that our society has put out about what that means. And I haven't mm. done this, and I haven't done this, and I haven't done this. And so I basically respond to them, you know, first of all, there's research that shows a negative cognition about aging is going to put you at higher risk for cardiovascular death. Oh. Wow. <laughs> it will also take seven years right off the end of your life. Do you tell them that when they stop you on the street? I do. Okay. <laughs> and I said, I started this when I was 61 years old. Uh -huh. And I have started things throughout my life that I never would have thought I would start. So stop worrying mm. and be in the moment and opportunities will appear 
if you're open to them. I don't know if you recall, but I accosted you on the street once a few years ago on the <laughs> I, Lower East I, Side. I remember. You did. <laughs> Kim, you didn't tell me that. I think you had, didn't you have an adorable dog with you? I did have an adorable dog with me um, since deceased, unfortunately. Um, but I have another very lovely dog now. <laughs> I was dressed like such a slob. I was in walking the dog clothes. And I was like, oh, there's the accidental icon. I have to say hi. <laughs> you were very lovely. Did you tell Kim that she was at risk for cardiovascular death? <laughs> no, because she didn't convey her fear of aging to me. Mm. Um, how is what you're doing for you personally? How does that fight your feelings of invisibility? I guess um, in most of the arenas that I've been in, I have not had to feel invisible because I have a very strong voice and I use it. Mm much to the chagrin of numerous colleagues. Um, <laughs> I spent my first 10 years of academia working in our school of law with lawyers hmm. because one of my areas was the intersection between so social welfare and law. And I literally learned how to ask really good questions and to not be intimidated in raising questions in public forums and having a voice. Mm -hmm. I think probably with aging, there's other sorts of things that happen. Like when you're on the subway and, you know, I try to stay very fit. And then there's this younger person who's completely not fit at all and says, oh, here, take my seat. <laughs> like, I, like I'm going to keel over and I'm a very frail person. And I know they're probably being polite. Their mother probably told them to do that. <laughs> but, but I would have, I would feel annoyed. I would like, yeah. I'm not right. that. I'm not that. I think what's ironic, actually, if you want to talk about visibility, is that I've probably never been more visible in my entire life than I am now. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Now, I need to know, do you wear your outfit outfits like every day or are they just for shoots? Like, what do you wear when you're running errands? I am a huge fan of jeans and oversized shirts mm -hmm. and sneakers. A lot of the clothes I wear are from my own wardrobe. Okay. Unfortunately, one of the changes is that I, I can't look too Schleppy. Not put Schleppy. together because I'm always <laughs> going to run into someone who knows me. Right. Now the risk is like they run into accidental icon and that you're like, yeah, in sweats. Well, I don't mind being in sweats, but I okay. have to be kind of put together. But mm. one time I was coming from a dermato my dermatologist and I had had some cells frozen off my face. And these people are like coming up and they're surrounding me. Oh, accidental icon. Can we take a selfie? <laughs> I'm like, not right now. And usually I'm very <laughs> gracious and because my followers are fabulous. They really are. They're overwhelmingly positive. Mm. And so I always try to respond. But that was one time I was like, get away. <laughs> <laughs> that was your real, real celebrity moment. Yeah. <laughs> I was very impressed when I heard that you don't do any Photoshopping, not of wrinkles, not of anything. Nope. You know, Instagram can be a really harsh place. Is that hard sometimes? 
Not really for me. I think that is part of my appeal. Mm, right. I think I just have this complete 100% acceptance with my imperfections. I use clothes. I often say performatively to express my identity. And to be honest, I think people don't even look at the wrinkles. But right. it's I've embraced the white hair. I do nothing to my face except good skin products. And I think that really is the appeal for so many people is that I've never been perfect on Instagram. Mm. I think that that is the appeal. But you're also very good at posing. Yeah. <laughs> you do a really good supermodel. <laughs> it's funny. In the beginning, I was sort of saying, okay, I can be in this space. Mm. And so I would deliberately have that non-smiling kind of model pose. Mm. And still, even now, I smile sometimes, but I'm not it's like true. a... I'm not like a big smiley person mm. in life anyway. It's a more mm -hmm. intimate thing for me. So, you know, I think I was kind of pretending to be a supermodel. <laughs> and and then you became one. You know, it came out. So it sounds, I mean, I feel silly even asking this question because it, it really sounds like you don't let yourself fall into the more superficial and youth-obsessed corners of social media. But I guess the question is how? Like, how do you do that, though? Because I do. Yeah. I'm 47, and I, I feel shitty when I go on Instagram sometimes. So how do you not feel shitty? Well, I guess that was never how I considered myself. Mm -hmm. And by that, I mean, I always dressed how I wanted to dress, not the way everybody else was dressing. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have a lot of friends who are those young, gorgeous Instagram people. Oh, right. You probably mm -hmm. do. And I guess it comes with accepting your age. Like, I know I can't be them. But that doesn't mean that I don't have something really important or special to contribute to the fashion. Or And now it's much more about life and culture conversation. And so... Mm -hmm. I don't feel intimidated by them. That's exactly what I wanted to hear. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's interesting, too, because you're a grandmother, but your vibe is also somehow like pixie and ageless. And so I was wondering if maybe you don't even think of your age at all. Like maybe that's just not a thing for you. I mean, it's sounding like you have just a lot of self-acceptance of where you're at in your life, but do you feel like you're not really considering your age when you do stuff? Well, there's actually, again, research. Um, I'll never not be a professor. <laughs> there's two different kinds of aging. Actually, there's three. There is your chronological age, which would be I'm 67. There is your um, biological age, which is actually an assessment of your physical well-being. And mm -hmm. if you have taken care of yourself and you're lucky enough to be healthy, you can be a decade or two younger than your chronological age. Mm -hmm. And then there's a third kind, which is how you perceive yourself as an age inside. 
Right. And a lot of older people do not perceive themselves as their chronological age. It's very fluid. So yeah, I can right. wake up one day and I can feel like I'm 18 because I just heard yeah. a Rolling Stones song. <laughs> and then that will influence actually what I might think about wearing that day. Or another yeah. day I might wake up and I'm kind of like 40 and, you know, I'm at the height of my career and I'm lecturing and going to conferences. And then I might kind of dress that way for that day. Mm -hmm. So for me, age, chronological age is kind of meaningless. Mm -hmm. So I don't think about it. Mm. I feel like you're living the dream in some ways for people. You're, well, you, I don't want to say being an influencer because you don't like that term, but yeah. you're doing photo shoots for Valentino. You're doing sponsored content for net a -Porte, You're traveling the world or formerly before the pandemic. Or were. Yeah. Is it as fun as it seems? I think for me, a lot of people think that I have this very glamorous life. Hmm. I think my life, really has not changed so much from before I was Accidental Icon and after. <laughs> we still live in a very small apartment in Manhattan. I pretty much am the same inside and out. Mm. I think the one difference for me, which I've enjoyed a lot, is I got to do a lot more traveling. And I think, interestingly, my work was way more interesting to me in the beginning when mm. I was doing a lot of stuff for free with independent magazines and young designers and these really creative photographers, just being really creative and working with mm. like amazing stylists. Then I think as the whole realm got more branded and commodified and I guess this depends very much on the choice I make about who to work with. But for mm. me, this has always been a creative expression. Right. And when I'm not feeling creative, it's not going to be fun anymore. Mm. And even if that means I have to turn down money, which I have, I, I just can't do it unless I can be creative about it. We're going to take a quick break for some ads. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Support for Everything is Fine comes from Ritual. So I love Ritual. Everyone knows I love Ritual. I talk about Ritual all the time. 
I particularly love its daily, their daily multivitamin, and I also really have been enjoying their melatonin. But the thing I love most about Ritual is their Hyacera. It's a once daily skin supplement that's clinically proven to reduce wrinkles and fine lines and increase skin smoothness in 90 days. In a clinical study, Hyacera led to 3.6 times reduction in crow's feet wrinkles within 90 days as compared to a placebo. Hyacera led to 2.9 times increase in skin smoothness within 90 days as compared to a placebo. You can enhance your skincare routine from the inside out with one daily capsule essenced with soothing vanilla. I love Hyacera. It's been rigorously tested and validated. It's one of the industry leading sustainability. It, it meets, sorry, all of the industry leading sustainability standards. You know, I'm a beauty editor now. I am all about keeping my face plump and Hyacera absolutely has done that for me. I've been on it for months. I don't even know how long and I can really see a difference in the texture of my skin. My skin looks more juicy, I guess is the best way to do it. Say it, do it. Ah. Okay. So you can start Hyacera to help minimize wrinkles without compromising on clean science. Hyacera from Ritual is a clinically proven skin supplement you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com slash fine. Start Ritual or add Hyacera to your subscription to get today. That's ritual.com slash fine for 25% off. Welcome back to Everything is Fine. It's wild to me your the contrast between the being a professor and working in social work and child abuse and then this Hermes glamour life. Like it's really, you've managed to take your passions and just blend them into your lives. It's really amazing. Well, I think, you know, one of the things about being a social worker that is great training is that you're always thinking about people and their environment. And I think, you know, my PhD is in social welfare and people are always like fashion, social welfare, what's the connection? And I'm like, mm -hmm. are you freaking kidding me? Human rights, garment <laughs> workers, inclusion, right. environment, you know, it's so intimately connected. And I felt like it did help me in negotiating how to be an influencer or how to have a platform that people usually look to for other things. But how do I negotiate the pandemic? How do I negotiate Black Lives Matter? And mm. I actually felt very comfortable because I've had to do that for many years. I've been doing that for way years before everybody got woke right now. So <laughs> right. I like this quote of yours that I read somewhere. Um, so the quote is, what I've found in talking to young people all over the world is that my generation gets really twisted up about getting old, and the younger generation is not like that. They're feeling more empowered. They don't want people to tell them what to wear. They want to be okay being themselves, and they don't want to be against things. They don't want to be anti-aging. They want to create something new. So do you feel empowered? I do, because mm -hmm. I think I'm showing a different visual image of what aging can mean. And when people think about aging, you know, they think of people not being fashionable anymore and 
and retiring and, oh my God, I'm going to be put in seclusion. I'm going to have to go off to a senior living (laughs) community. I can't be part Mm. of the world anymore. You know, and these stereotypes are very strong and they're not relevant because we're living much longer and we have better medical you know, innovation. And so we're going to have a whole 10, 20, 30 more years of life that we have to think about how we're going to use them. But I'm also saying, and you don't have to throw away what came before. Everything Mm. that comes before is going to make you who you are today. And so I wouldn't, people will say, oh, do you regret being in social work and not going into fashion earlier? And I say, absolutely not. Because that is why I am able to be, you know, the person I am today. It strikes me that um, uh, there are things you do that other people can do. But what you seem to have that other people don't have is that you're still really cool. And I think that really radiates (laughs) from your photographs. It does. You look like Mm -hmm. a cool person. You're wearing cool sneakers. You, You have a finger in youth culture still. And you're and you're kind of owning that. I've always been around people younger than me because I'm the oldest of six children. Hmm. And throughout my career, I've primarily worked with young people. My early career was working with adolescent girls, which is how I went into the area of sexual abuse. And then as I moved into academia, I worked with young people. I listened to them and I have learned from them. And we've had much more of a collaborative relationship. It's not me, the older person, telling them. It's, tell me what you're thinking about right now. I can tell you a little bit about history. And you need both to do something new. So let's collaborate. Right. Um, Okay. I have to ask about your beautiful gray hair, because this is a question, this is a topic that comes up a lot on this show, especially during COVID. At what age did you let your hair go gray? And was that a tough thing for you? Um, I let my hair get gray when my daughter started college. So I was probably about 48-ish. Oh my God, my kids, my oldest child is 12 and I'm 47. (laughs) And basically, you know, she went to a private college and it was expensive. And one of the things I said is, you know, my hair grows really fast also. So I was having to go in like every three weeks. So I was like, you know what? Let me just do this. You know, I'm fortunate because not all gray grows in or looks nice Mm. but I had a nice color gray Mm -hmm. you know there was a lot more resistance from other people like people were like oh why don't you dye your hair you'll look younger Mm. and now there's so many amazingly great hair products for gray hair will you share one with our read our listeners yeah um the um hair line orbe they Mm -hmm developed a line of products for gray hair called Silverado. Mm. And it's a shampoo, it's a conditioner, it's a treatment. And they're really, really good. They really work. And what I love about them is they're not purple. 
so oh, that right. your hair doesn't overly get your hair does not get purple or blue. And the, the other secret, the big, big secret to gray hair is an incredible haircut. Mm. That can make the hugest difference in the world. That's good advice. We haven't heard that yet. We have the camera on so you guys can see me right now. I haven't had a haircut in like six months. I know. Ah, it's a disaster. Okay. You look the most put together out of anybody on this call by a long yes. time. Yes. <laughs> yes. Thank you so much, Lynn. This has been very interesting and very inspiring. Yes, thank you. Thank you for having me. I mean, should we tell anybody other than Accidental Icon on Instagram? Is there anywhere else you want people to find you? Uh, that's pretty much the best place to find me. I also have my my blog, which is AccidentalIcon.com. Thanks so much for listening to Everything is Fine. We are your hosts, Talia Bacassis and Kim France. If you like the show, be sure to rate it and write us a review on Apple Podcasts. If you have suggestions for show ideas or anything else, email us at taliankim at gmail.com. We also have an Instagram that is EIF Podcast, and you can find Kim on her blog, girlsofacertainage.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.